Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's June 27th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And Nick, you warned me, and I regret now last week saying, boy, I hope there's some news this week, so we have something to talk about at the pod next week. And boy, did we get a blockbuster of a story with David DeCastro's, uh, he was cut. Yeah, I mean, cut. He, has been, he has been ostensibly replaced by Trey, Trey Turner, but we'll talk about that. And I also wanted to mention, I know we're, we started to seem to track bleacher reports slamming the Steelers in various ways, so there was another story that just came out of there I'd like to talk about before the end of the podcast. Good. But f- but first, another mildly, maybe mild to medium disappointment. The Steelers aren't going to be training at St. Vincent's again this year. So what is the reason for that? Because I might upgrade that mildly disappointing to, I wouldn't say severely disappointing, but pretty damn disappointing. PD disappointing. That sucks. The Steelers, I mean, the Latrobe thing, this is a critical part to set the tone for any Steelers season. And uh, it's a part of the tradition of the team. Uh, more importantly, you and I were thinking of finally going up there. Now we can't, which is, you know, priority one for me, myself, us. And uh, how are the Steelers ever going to start with the, have a good start out of the gates without Latrobe? I mean, I can only imagine what happened the last time they weren't allowed to practice at Latrobe, which was an 11-0 start, followed by a tremendous collapse. But, yeah, no, it, it does suck. But I guess we'll take it if the if the – if they're getting stands or fans back in the stands at Heinz, we'll take that. And uh, it's a bummer about Latrobe, but uh, what's up with that? Well, the Steelers were set. I mean, they submitted a plan to have training camp in St. Vincent's, and they were they were denied by the NFL, seemingly not meeting the COVID nineteen protocols. And the implication is that it has something to do with permitting fans to be there. But I guess there there's an immunity. It uh, if you stay in Pittsburgh from COVID, but not at St. St. Vincent's, or maybe just there's just not the facility for the fans and are standing too close together. That is not specified in the story. Sure, gotcha. So, yeah, the uh, the immunization uh, atmosphere has not quite rolled out of the big cities just yet. I understand, but uh, yeah, that is a bummer that they're going to miss it. Obviously, I think last year proved. I mean, it doesn't make that big of a difference. But then again, last year, nobody was really training at their regular places. And I think a lot of the other teams, if not almost all of them, are getting to go to their preferred training camp locations, whereas the Steelers are going to be splitting their time in between Heinz 
and their practice facility. So maybe it is a little bit of a disadvantage this year, but it's no new news for the Steelers, who were forced to play three games in four days last year, and now they've reduced the number of preseason games to three. Oh, wait, except for the Steelers and the Cowboys, who get to play four with that stupid Hall of Fame game, which I hate. The last Hall of Fame game took out Boswell, or took out Sweesham and Pouncey, so I'm just going to be holding my breath the entire time. And now they don't get their regular uh, their practice facility for training camp. So deck is stacked against the Steelers a little bit early. Nothing new. How do you think staying in town is going to affect the players? They may be more comfortable, you know, staying in town than they would be in a dorm room where they have to hang trash bags on the windows to block out sunlight in the morning. They will be more comfortable, and that is the part I dislike. I mean, this David DeCastro news, it, it's not minor. I mean, it's a big deal. We're going to get into that later. But the Steelers only hope to conquer their mind-blowingly difficult schedule this year. And yes, you can tell if a schedule is difficult or not before the season starts. Can you predict every win and loss? No. But you can, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be playing for the Chiefs, so on and so forth. Steelers have a really difficult schedule. They have a goal of improving their run game by taking all the starters off of their putrid offensive line last year and removing those starters in favor for guys who could not beat those starters out. So the attitude is everything, right? So to me, some discomfort is good. They need to be hitting like crazy. They need to do some of the Dan Campbell knee biting that they're going to be doing up in Detroit, except for the Steelers actually have talent on their team. So that strategy could go a little bit farther. So, More or less, I I do think it's kind of negligible and it's more fun for a narrative, but I do think it has some sort of effect because that's an opportunity the Steelers would have had to have sweat, to have hit more than any other team hits, which is widely reported as a Steelers kind of trend, and to just set the tone for that physicality and the anger. And now they got a a little more of the modern comforts. I don't know if I love it. You know, one disappointment for me, aside from the fact we were going to try and go there this year, is we have a connection to St. Vincent College President Father Paul Taylor. Friends of friends that do a uh, annual bike ride with him from Pittsburgh to Cumberland and then back to D.C. Who And they had put me in touch with him, and at the time we did, he was unable to be on the podcast. But I was going to try it again this year, but uh, uh, maybe we'll save it for next year. They'll be next year. Ben's, Ben's final year going into that 2022 season. Two Super Bowls in a row. It'll be great. The locker room will go crazy. And it's just like Elway, his idol. So before we get started into the meat of this show, a word from our sponsor. Spotify Green Room, everybody. We were advertising for something called Locker Room recently, which is a great place where you can talk sports and only sports. Well, guess what? They've turned it into Spotify Green Room. It's free to download and easy to use. It, basically, it's a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. That's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and overreacting to any shred of news, which is truly our national pastime. And I hope that we are able to contribute that a little bit from our podcast. And I know that Spotify Greenroom is going to contribute that with everybody who uses it. So go download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. All right. If you haven't heard about it, you, you died since the last podcast. But David DeCastro, 
was released from the Steelers for a non-football injury. There's so much in here. <laughs> the hang, hanging questions Ooh. are plentiful. A, this came out of nowhere. I mean, Castro was at minicamp. He didn't participate. But why bother? I mean, I kind of assumed something like this would have been discussed ahead of time and planned, and this is very last minute. Whew. This was a rumbling that came true, and you're right. We sort of forecast. It's our fault. It's our fault. We forecasted it at the we end didn't of, call Dave? of last week. We should have called Dave. No, talking about wanting there to be news, and we said, hey, there, there probably will be news in between now and training camp. Because that's been the trend for the last year, with the last few years with the Steelers. And I'm calling my shot right now. They're signing someone the week before the first game. They keep doing that every single year. You know, they buy their time. And somebody like Trey Turner, there are other guys in the market like Larry Fitzgerald, uh, proven veterans who are clearly on the last hole of their career. They're on the 18th hole here. But if they didn't get on a team now, you're almost better off waiting till a starter gets injured and then you kind of pick, you pick up at that point. Well, that's basically what happened in Pittsburgh. So I guess there's some, I don't want to say mixed signals in this David DeCastro release, but I think it all revolves around the fact that this guy hasn't been healthy for two years. He's, last year he had a um, perpetual ankle problem and he admitted, I guess in a text to Ed Bouchette, right, that he might actually need a surgery to clean up that ankle again. So I think what the Steelers did was they took a big, big gamble this season. They said, we are going to gamble that with the loss of Marquise Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva, our line is going to somehow get better. They're going to gamble on the fact that you're going to lose Marquise Pouncey and Alejandro Villanueva, and somehow your line's going to get better. And they knew about David DeCastro's health issues because they've been ongoing for two years. And his play has slipped as a result of that. And they gambled, well, he's going to be fine. They took him into OTAs. He couldn't participate, and they realized, okay, we need to cut bait now. And they gambled by taking a running back in the first round. Like, okay, the line thing, it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. Well, we don't have that good of a line. It's okay. They're going to be better this year with some attitude and some youth. And we do have DeCastro. Well, he's injured. Well, Honestly, we're just going to roll the dice that he's going to be okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I like when teams gamble on your roster because that's what you got to do in the salary cap era. Well, this one didn't pay off, and they're bringing in Trey Turner. But DeCastro, I guess this really revolves around the injured ankle. And he did say to Ed Bouchette, like, if, if the surgery isn't the right direction for him or if he can't get healthy, he would have no problem hanging it up, calling it a day, and moving to the next phase of his life. And I do believe that. This guy is a seven-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro, was part of a, I can't really say legendary line in Pittsburgh because they never won the Super Bowl, but they would have been the preeminent line since the Steel Curtain, the Pouncey, Foster, Gilbert, DeCastro, Villanueva line of the Killer B years. Those are his buddies. They're all gone. He had an extremely successful career. It w- it's close to being over regardless. I could see him retiring, but I guess that's the story in regards to why he's gone and where he's at. He's just hanging out there now as if there's a potential for him to return, but quotes he's made about getting on with his life's work sort of lead you to believe he's done. Yeah, and he's a Stanford guy. He is a he's a really smart individual, and a lot of times those guys have things going on in the background that they're they're ready to transfer 
you know, into. And I'm sure he's going to be super successful. And, hey, he blocked for Andrew Luck. So maybe he's talking to Andrew Luck already like, yeah, dude, nine years and we're out. That's the Stanford guy way. They're going to start a they're going to have a startup. And his <laughs> yeah. what does what yeah. he collect? Fifty million dollars over the course of his uh, career. He's going to dwarf that with their new startup company. So I, I wanted to hone in on the fact that he had this, he was cut for a non-football injury. It means he gets zero dinero. He had, so he was going to be, um, have an $8.75 million salary. It wasn't guaranteed for injury, but the labor deal makes certain benefits available to players who are released due to injury if it's football related. Man, I mean, DeCastro said that he's going to let his agents sort out the bodies and whether he files a grievance with the union about this. How did he get a non how did he get a non-injury designation or a non-football injury? Clearly this is a football, right? Or they say it's like oh it's degenerative, it's chronic or something like that. Well, he has bone spurs. I mean, how do you know how a bone spur developed? I mean, there there's an argument, I would imagine. But it, like, if this didn't happen through football, right. Wow. That seems like a sort of loophole because I know that they're like PFT uh, pro football talk. Mike Florio reported that the Steelers could be in trouble here because they are saying, well, DeCastro talked about how he was having issues all year dealing with his ankle problem. Yet he wasn't showing up on the Steelers injury report for the ankle thing. And the NFL could find them for not being truthful with their injury reports. Well, of course they could because the Steelers just got fined for this one year prior with Ben's elbow. And then when Ben admitted after the fact, oh, this has been hurting for a while, then the NFL's like, hey, this has been hurting for a while. You never put Ben on the injury report. And then, by the way, there were rumors about it happening again this year with Ben's arthritic knees. He's never on the injury report. And I saw some outrage on Twitter from this Pro Football Talk article. Color me shocked. Mike Florio says something and somebody gets butt hurt. But they're saying, does a website have – could any single website – be more biased against one single team than pro football talk. This is a bunch of crap. Well, first off, guys, no. The website you're looking for is Pro Football Focus and their bias against the Steelers. And we covered that in last week's episode if you'd like to visit that. This isn't biased at all. This literally just happened one, years, one year ago to the Steelers. It's completely legitimate. It is a one-for-one comparison. Ben Roethlisberger gets an elbow injury. After the later on in the year, he talks about how that in, elbow injury was persisting through earlier parts of the season. The NFL said, "Well, wait, you weren't on the injury report, so the Steelers got dinged with a big fine." Fast forward to this year, David DeCastro has an ankle injury. He has said now after the season that the ankle was bothering him throughout the season, which should be evidenced by the time he missed, so on and so forth. It's a one-to-one comparison. This isn't a site having something against the Steelers. This is a very legitimate possibility. What do you think about that, Dad, in terms of does the website have bias against the Steelers or is this a legit thing for a team to get fined about or do you think they will get fined about it? Well, now it makes the non-football injury cut kind of suspicious, doesn't it? Because cutting them for an injury would implicate them in uh, the violation you were referring to. Well, no, the violation wasn't because they didn't cut Ben. It's the violation is not reporting an injury. But I'm saying it's a, it's a self admission. It's an, a, an admission of guilt to say, yeah, we cut him because of injury. Oh, by the way, we didn't put him on a list. 
So the Steelers would be saying, by cutting DeCastro for an injury, wouldn't they be right. implicating themselves for having omitted him from the injury list? And by the way, does somebody, even if you're playing, you need to report these injuries? Yeah, I guess so. And I think that there's talks about the NFL lightening up on some of those injury report uh, requirements or whatever. Because I guess, you know, everybody's injured. And if you're the Patriots, you put all 54 players on the injury list. But I think they could get dinged. I mean, obviously, it's not like a draft pick or anything like that. So does it really matter? But in terms of that being a conspiracy, that is wild to me. And that is a, a reason why I've been completely off of Twitter, except for my tweet when DeCastro got released and Turner got signed. But it's just the mom's basement vibes. I know that's the hacky, cliche way to insult people from Twitter, but it is so on the nose that it just must be used over and over again. So I think the Steelers could get fined for this, but this non-football injury designation makes it a little bit weird because it's maybe it's like, we don't have to include them on the injury list if it's not a football injury, but I don't know. We're getting a little buried in it. Let's ask the question everybody wants to know. Is DeCastro a Hall of Famer? What do you think? Well, all I have to go by is Alan Fanica. And right. he didn't stack up against Alan Fanica's numbers. I know, obviously, playing guard kind of it makes it tough for to measure you. But um, I'm not sure the Castro would qualify. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, just as a guard. Can you say this word for me, by the way? What anonymity? Is that the word? You told Anonymity? Whoa, like you're anonymous? Anonymity. Anonym- Toiling in anonymity. It's the hardest word to say in the English language. It is my foe, but thank you. That's what you do. You toil away in... Anonymity. If you're a guard... Anonymity. Because there's no stats and you're on the inside and it's not the flashy money that you get as a tackle. So you have to be so outrageously good, 10-time all-pro type good, Alan Fanica, just to get in on your 10th attempt, you know? David DeCastro... They didn't win a Super Bowl. He's got no chance. If the Steelers had won a Super Bowl, maybe Pouncey and DeCastro would be considered. Pouncey has a particular fame about him, and especially you know having a twin brother who's also really great probably helps. And just being a more noticeable guy, David DeCastro is kind of an under-the-radar type of dude. He has no chance, I don't think, even though he is that borderline, that quality of player. He did miss a decent amount of time throughout his career, not like perpetual injury. Obviously, when he played, he was dominant. But, um, yeah, I'd say, you know, missing a few years within his career, then having the rough two years the past two, not having any signature, you know, Super Bowl win to go back on. He's got no chance for the Hall of Fame, but he definitely, definitely should be Steelers Ring of Honor. And I know it's not Hall of Fame, but that's not small change. I mean, the Steelers Ring of Honor is all borderline Hall of Fame guys. So he definitely deserves that. Uh, Besides Pouncey, that would be maybe even more than Pouncey, the best lineman the Steelers have had since Alan Fanica and Dermani Dawson. So absolute legend. Sad to see him go. And now the Killer B era is done done. I guess uh, just out of curiosity, just to compare Fanica and DeCastro and give some context to it, Fanica played 13 years, DeCastro nine. Fanica had nine Pro Bowls to DeCastro's six and six All-Pros compared to DeCastro's two. So quite a big lead and I wouldn't attribute it to just uh, the fact that he played Fanica played four more years right he had a significantly more prolific career which is saying a lot because the cash was amazing and that really is the argument for why it was bs that it took so long for Fanica to get in people just don't realize what an all-time guard he was 
And we hope that Trey Turner becomes an all-time guard. So let's talk about Trey Turner real quick. Do you want to know how many guards are in the um, Hall of Fame? Yeah. The Steelers Ring of Honor? Yeah. Three? Close to. Who is it? Fanica and? Walt Kiesling. Of course. Brett Kiesling's dad. 19... (laughs) He was in 1937. She also was a Steeler coach for a little... You want a little factoid you might need for Trivial Pursuit. That seems like a little bit of a political back end. Like, if he wasn't the coach, I mean, was he rubbing the right elbows to get in the ring of honor? I don't know, man. Trey Turner signed for one year, $3 million. Had to do it. Okay, let's start with the positive first. In one sense, you could say that this is a lateral move from David DeCastro. What is Trey Turner, five-time Pro Bowler? So a dominant guard with a nasty streak, especially in his Carolina days, who has had two straight years that have been injury-riddled and the performance has not been there. Now, I haven't watched tape of this guy. I'm not sitting there grinding the tape on the Chargers and the Panthers. But from everything I've seen on, in, on, on Twitter from guys who have been grinding the tape, it's been pretty bad the past two years. But it's very similar to DeCastro because DeCastro, it's been a little rough the past two years, particularly last year. So either way, if you had DeCastro or you have Turner, you're rolling the dice and hoping that a former superstar player is just suffering through two unlucky years of injuries and can pull it back for a productive one or two more years to, to join the line. So from that stance, maybe we shouldn't be freaking out from DeCastro. Well, yeah, it, it like you worry about your depth at this point, but again, it didn't, the depth did not change either. The depth sucked already. Um, although, you know, honestly, this does let Finney be the swing guy at center and guard. And you got to feel good about that. Um, but it doesn't really change your depth situation because you weren't going to sign Trey Turner if DeCastro was still there. And so, I think there is an argument argument to be made that the Steelers' situation isn't that much worse. But in all honesty, I think it's hard to make that 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 call because DeCastro was a Steeler. He'd been playing on the team for a while. He know I know the offense is changing, but he is part of the fabric of the team and the offensive line and the leadership that way. Just being a guy who's been in the building for a few years. Now you have so many new, new moving parts that uh, it, it's really scary for an offensive line that doesn't have top-tier talent. There's no first-round guys coming up on the line. It's all third round and later. And now you got a new guy who's never even met his, his fellow linemen. And, and communication is everything at that line position. So lucky that, that Turner was available. He was available for a reason. He very well could not make it through the year or suck. But then again, that was the situation you had with the Castro. So, it is. That is a good point. The 28 is different than 31, pretty, pretty definitively. I mean, even just think it's three less years of pounding you've taken. But um, 
it's it is just wild how confident the Steelers are in this line situation, and this is just another blow that is going to make it even more difficult. And I don't think we should be shocked if Ben gets sacked seven times in the first game. But like I, you know, we do all expect the line to be improved just because it's such a massive priority in the off season to develop some attitude there. And like I said, there's no first round guys, but it's not like it's trash. There's all guys who have flashed and and have played well at times and. You know, you have high hopes for Dotson being a Pro Bowl-type player who flashed like that last year a little bit. But, um, yeah, like I said, there's it's not impossible to think that they could be good. They, they can be good. There's been flashes of goodness from every player on the line. But, wow, how many other teams are going into a season like this? Like, all right, we're going to start f- four or five new starters, and none of them have really ever played together before. So... And the center is going to be a guy who played center 20% of the time in college. So there's just so many question marks. They, it could be a rough beginning to the year, and maybe they kind of coalesce by the end of the year. But yet another question mark for the biggest thing in the Steelers offseason. And it, and it does make the Najee pick look a little bit weirder if you knew that Castro was having an issue, which they clearly did. Because if, if they didn't already have this issue on their mind, they wouldn't have cut him after OTAs. They would have let him go through training camp or something. But clearly they were like, let's see what's going on with the cash when they cut him. And you still selected a running back in the first round. You could have traded up for a higher lineman. You could have done a lot of things. But, hey, they're rolling with it. So we'll see what happens. I'm not sure when the Steelers knew or got the inkling that he'd be gone. If they were planning this this whole time, they wouldn't be waiting to the last second to get Trey Turner, would they? No, I think that they knew that it was a possibility that DeCastro would be screwed. Um, I don't know how you – look, the Steelers community knew that. There were murmurs. We all kind of downplayed like, ah, oh, this would be unlikely, but just heads up. It's been two bad years for DeCastro, a lot of injuries. The Trey Turner visit was weird. A lot of people said that, hey, DeCastro, like, they don't need a guard. They got Finney. They need a tackle. And so this was a possibility. So clearly the Steelers did know something and they saw enough after training camp or after OTAs to be like, all right, never mind. Well, hopefully these guys will meet in the locker room, coalesce, and um, we'll have, we'll hope to have something better than patchwork for the offensive line. Yeah. That's where that coalescing comes. It comes in the locker room, you know, for athletes and then for, for entertainers, it usually comes in the green room backstage and good news for you guys. Spotify has got you covered with the green room. Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download, and it's so easy to use. Oh, my goodness. You could talk to fans. You could talk to insiders and athletes in real time. It's perfect version of sports Twitter without anything else finding its way in there. Hey, I want to talk about world issues. No, we're talking about sports here. You can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together. You can watch, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Nick, I want to tell you about an experience I had yesterday. Mm-hmm. Through the benefit of the Father's Day present you and your sister sent me, my Kansas City Steaks package. We cracked that baby open. And there's just a panoply of delicious different kind of meats in there. And yesterday, we grilled the sirloin steak. Wow. They were beautiful cuts of meat, simply prepared, 
grilled to perfection because I, unlike most grill masters, I paint by numbers. I just use the thermometer, take it up to the advised temperature. It comes with directions if you're like me, not inclined for uh, sort of artistic chefery. Yeah. And uh, we also broke out the steak fries that it came with and the apple tarts, which I was really surprised came from a steak company. Everything was was awesome. It was the right portions. If you want, if you're at my vintage, you don't want tons of meat. These sirloins are right up through your alley. Your brother-in-law came and we gave him the massive porterhouse. He was all satisfied with that. So, look, Kansas City Steaks is one of our sponsors. We use Kansas City Steaks. I highly recommend it. And when you go to KansasCitySteaks.com, you can get an extra 15% off and free shipping with the code SD, Steelers Dominate. So go to KansasCitySteaks.com, put in that SD code, get your 15%, and get some of the most delicious cuts of meat you will ever taste. We're talking about the conspiracy by the media against the Steelers. And let's, let's talk about Bleacher Report here. I got another story from them. Yeah. Br- Brad Gagnon, I guess he's pretending to be French, yep. was doing an analysis of Matt Canada and Matt Canada's style. And there was, he was pointing out that the Steelers had the fourth highest rate in shotgun last year and that Canada's style is going to be diametrically opposed to what Ben has practiced over the last few years. No surprise there. What really kind of caught my eye is that he said, despite what Canada says, there's a decent chance we'll see a clash at some point, possibly even in camp. Well, I don't think he's off. I think that we've been talking about this the whole year, right? All Steelers Nation. I think the I don't think it was an article analyzing just the Steelers. It was coming up with the biggest question for every single NFL team in training camp. And for the Steelers, will there be a struggle between Big Ben and Matt Canada? Well, it's well known. The Steelers they have given Ben a lot of leeway with the offense, whether it's keeping his buddy Bruce Arians, then they took that away from him and did Todd Haley. That blew up in their face because you invited an alcoholic psychopath into your, business, into your building, and they let him go. I'm like, okay, we'll go back to the Ben thing. We got Fiener. It's well documented, right? He does have a good quote here uh, at the end of his few paragraphs. said, last year, the Steelers played in shotgun at the fourth highest rate in the league. That surprised me. I think it would be one. Wrote Pro Football Focus's Seth Galina. Canada's last college offense, the 2018 Maryland Terrapins, did it at the 117th ranked rate in the country. Steelers used pre-snap motion at the 23rd highest rate in the league, while the Terrapins used it at the second highest rate in college football. There may not be a more dissimilar quarterback offensive coordinator pairing in NFL history. Now that is an overstatement. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess for, like, where Ben was last year. But we can all agree last year was a weird year that was a little bit off the map. Not, not totally out of nowhere because as Ben's gotten older, he's been in the shotgun more, right? But that was extremely effective during the Killer B years when they had Le'Veon Bell running. And even D'Angelo Williams and James Conner had a lot of success from shotgun. So you can't just pretend, like, Ben's never played under center. He, won, he went to three Super Bowls under center doing play action. So I feel like that's a little hyperbole at the end. But if you're just looking at the context of where the Steelers were last year and what Matt Canada does in his offense, yeah, it it is diametrically opposed. And we've talked about it. The Steelers have talked about it publicly. We've all talked about it for a while. So, yeah, there's 
there's reason to wonder how that's going to work. Now, the problem I do have with the article is how he starts it predictably in Bleacher Report fashion with a quote. We are going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. That's a hell of a quote from last week from New Steelers offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Okay, that's the clickbait stuff. I'm like, I don't know why everybody loved that that quote was written so that they could take it out of context and pretend like it was some premeditated, thought-out, biblical quote from Matt Canada when it, in fact, was not that. You know, it was just a stumbling new offensive coordinator over a press conference and you're like, okay. Uh, but he is right overall. I don't know how, they, how their style is going to match. Can we start with the premise that this is the Steelers' number one problem? Well, the offensive line, right? Is it just boring to write about the offensive line at this point? I think it's almost boring to write about them. It's obvious. They sucked last year. They lost everybody. But this is more interesting. How are they going to interface between the coordinator and the quarterback with the different styles? It may be that there's some conflict. I kind of think if Ben doesn't see that last year's Last year's style wasn't effective. I'd be surprised. I do wonder, though, do you think that being under center is just tougher on him because of his knee problems, and that's oh, one yeah. of the reasons he shies away? Yeah, and you have to do dropbacks. You have to do these five, six, seven, you know, you know three, five, eight-foot dropbacks, eight-step dropbacks, and it's just harder on your body that way. And uh, it's also just, like, more comfortable just sitting in shotgun, getting the ball, and you get a look at everything rather than – being under center, you might have to fake a handoff and you got to turn your back to the defense, which is scary when you're brittle and old. And then when you turn back, you got to reanalyze everything. And, I, and as we've talked about, I think even more it's this. Ben is a freelancer. He doesn't practice outside of the football stadium. He doesn't seem to watch a lot of film. And we've seen him play poorly in so many first and second quarters only to completely turn it around in a shocking fashion with the final drive of the first half where they go shotgun and they go hurry up and he doesn't think and he just wings it out there like Steph Curry and then he breaks the Saran wrap off and then leads an onslaught against the team in the second half. The last time he had to go to play action and running the ball more and like, hey, you're only going to get 25 pass attempts and they're not going to come consecutively. Like we're going to run the ball four times in a row and then you're going to have to be ready to complete a third and seven pass. That was on that playoff run, I believe, 2016 with Le'Veon Bell where he was breaking records left and right, and Ben was not playing well. He threw those three interceptions against Buffalo. He wasn't lighting it on fire in the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, granted, they had a crap receiving court at the end of that playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's a lot about it as well. It's like the style of playing from under center is different from the casual nature of, like, I'm just going to get back there and shotgun, take a look around and chuck it and tell the other team the play that we're running at the line of scrimmage and still complete it. Well, it'll make an interesting training camp. I wonder if we'll see any signs of that before the first uh, first game. Yeah. I'm sure there will be some stories, but I, I would hope that, yeah, Ben's on board at this point. And, and Canada, of course, we're going to do what Ben wants to do. Well, yeah, you got to stick to some of his strengths. So I was annoying last year that they didn't do that. And sometimes you don't even know your strengths, you know? Like, you think, like, oh, I'm a guy who's like this. You're not that guy. That's what you want to be. That's what your idol is. You're this other guy. Well, Ben calling short passes is like, what Ben, throw the ball deep and intermediate. That's what you're one of the best people in the history of football to do. And then when they get down by four scores in the playoffs and he realizes this is too embarrassing, I can't think anymore, I just need to go out there. Oh, look at that. I can throw intermediate and I can throw long. Play your strengths. I am not going to wish, hope, 
prognosticate on what's going to happen between now and next week's podcast, just be assured we will be here. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.